Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thanks for listening to Local SEO today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. My guest today is Ryan White, the founder of social media marketing company, Social Revelation. He is an entrepreneur, influencer, investor, speaker, and press contributor. Thanks for being on the show today, Ryan. Yeah, man. I appreciate you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. like We already had this conversation before the show started and began, and I know you, we clicked because you love traveling and you love sports. So these are two of my hobbies, I would say, as well as business. So we have a lot to talk about on the show. Um, if you can just share with the audience members uh, a little bit about your journey or how you got started, maybe go way back, however far you want to start. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, my story kind of starts in a small town in southern Georgia called Lakeland, Georgia. It's literally a town of 3,300 people. We didn't even have a red light in our town. It was literally a stop sign in front of the courthouse. So very humble beginnings. Um, Went to college, got a bachelor's degree in accounting. Found out very quickly that accounting was not for me. Did two internships and uh, and, and pivoted. So I actually had an opportunity. Baseball and the sports background, which is why we connect, was pretty much my life from the time I could walk to throughout college. Um, I ended up going to college on a baseball scholarship. And then when I got done with that and the accounting thing didn't really line up with my expectations, I actually got back into baseball. And I started basically doing private baseball instruction and coaching for a travel organization here in the country. And so, you know, it was during that time period of around 2013 to 2017 where I met a girl who it got pretty serious and kind of things started to change, right? I was interested in in, in this idea, this concept, right, of, of residual passive income, but I didn't really know how to go about go about getting it, right, or attaining it because I didn't both my parents were were educators, right? They were they worked for the state. And so I was the first entrepreneur, if you will, who kind of took that leap of faith. And uh, I didn't really in, in the beginning, people asked me, they're like, man, did you always want to start a social media marketing company? And the answer to that question is no. Um, I actually never sat down and said, this is what I want to go and do. But I just knew that in order for me to go and accumulate passive residual income and, and make more money and stop trading my time for money, that it would help if I had a bigger audience. And so when I would get done instructing, I basically would come home, you know, at nine, 10 o'clock at night and, and to the early hours of the morning, I would do research on just trying to learn at the time Instagram was the hot thing. And I was just trying to figure out how to cultivate an audience, right? How to organically grow. And I ended up through all that trial and error, right? I, I hit I hit it big, started, you know, growing my page very well. Um, that obviously growth started to attract a lot of attention. And next thing you know, you know, 90 days later, I have this group with a hundred people that I'm, that I'm serving, if you will. And I'm like, wow, there's probably something here. And so um, I basically kind of launched a part-time hustle at the time, right? Alongside my full-time instruction job. And then when I kind of just weighed everything at the end of the year, um, my part-time hustle had made just as much money as my full-time gig. And so in 20, actually launched that part-time hustle social revelation in March of 2017. And then I stepped away from baseball in January of 2018, decided to go all in and double down on the business. And our first year in business, we did seven figures. So it kind of was a 
just a catapult to the top. Um, and I met a lot of good people along the way, had a lot of good mentorship. But, you know, now to see what it's done in the last four years, it's just crazy because it all started with a single thought and really no virtually no direction. Um, but that's why I'm really big that just if you don't have to have everything perfect in order to feel like you're moving forward, it's just the action and the thought process of taking those forward steps that will actually lead you to your destination. That's amazing to hear, man. So tell us, tell the listeners, like what got you start? Like, it sounds like you're more of a Gary V side hustle, kind of keep the process, keep doing something, right? Yeah, um, for sure. And I've seen Gary V a couple of years ago, live on stage. I met him and whatnot. I, I try to do a lot of conferences and learn from people like experts in their field. Right. And it, it's great and interesting to see people that actually do it. Right. Because a lot of people want to do it, but they don't understand what it takes to do it. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a big misconception, you know, and I mean, obviously, I won't name drop, but I just feel like in today's world, it's very easy. You see a lot of people, right. They're selling the idea of how to do something, but they've never really done it. Right. And you see it on Instagram all the time. These coaches, these wealth coaches and all this stuff. But it's like, no, go back the last three or four years and show me the tangible results of like how much revenue have you actually produced? And a lot of times they can't they can't show that. And so I would just say to people, be cautious, especially on Instagram with buying into these these programs. Yeah, like with social media, that's the thing. A lot of people are like captured with a headline or something that's get rich quick or something that really attracts them. And it sounds really clickbaity, right? Which For sure. some, sometimes it has to be to get, get attention right away because people only have you know a couple of seconds, right? And they're scrolling around the Instagram page or Facebook and you need to capture that audience member somehow, right? Right, so for sure. A, as a marketer, someone that actually understands social media, it's interesting because it's all about psychological, behavioral, um, you know, you, you strategize. It's, it's a little bit different than someone that's actually consuming the content, right? So Right, 100%. So it's a little bit different in that way. And you need to really understand your audience members, understand you, who you're trying to attract and cultivate, and then figure out the funnel, right? Figure out what you're trying to either sell, course, or consulting, coaching, or whatever it is, mentorship, or a service or product, right? So understanding that whole business model is what really keeps me up at night. Because you, like, you love social, I love SEO. And it's a different world altogether, right? For sure. And search is changing all the time. And so, so is social, right? So you got to be on the pulse. You got to figure out how to make it work. But it sounds like your work ethic started from sports. Is that how you kind of? Yeah, 100%. So, you know, my, my father, just to put this into perspective, um, he was a coach, been a coach for 30 years. He's retired now. He played a little semi-pro ball. And, um, you know, he was my coach from the time I could, again, I was a toddler, coached me all the way through high school. So he was actually my high school baseball coach. So to put it into perspective, you know, he coached every team I played on. You can imagine being the coach's son, just that constant pressure to perform. And so probably I learned at a very young age, you know, always wanting to push, always wanting to kind of be the best version of myself. So um, I would say sports taught me that and definitely, you know, my father. That's amazing. So did you have a lot of like mentors outside of your father? Was there a lot of like business people that you actually sourced out um, that paid? Yeah, no, a hundred, no, not at all. Um, 
again, coming from a small town and both my parents, you know, being educators and my dad being just in, involved in the, in the, so in the, the baseball world, if you will. Um, you know, every summer we were literally traveling. I was playing 150 games this summer as a 13, 14 year old teenager. Um, so I didn't have a lot of business, you know, since, but, you know, again, I think it's important to seek those people out. And so I would say very early on into my entrepreneurial journey, when I decided to go all in, I sought out those relationships. And I think that was the difference maker. And did you actually use them as coaches or mentors? Like a hundred percent. I think uh, I, I, I talk a lot about the 33% rule. I think, mm-hmm. I think as an entrepreneur, you know, we need to spend a, a third of our time with people above us, right? So that we can obviously learn from them because most of us, you know, had someone help us on the way to the top. Uh, a third of your time should be spent with people who are basically what I call on your same level, your same wavelength, right? So that you can bounce ideas back and forth, get encouragement when you need it, right? And then I think a third of your time needs to be spent with people below you so that number one, you have the opportunity to give back. But number two, it gives you perspective as to how far you've actually came. Right. And I think that perspective is key to see progress. And we know progress equals happiness. So uh, 100% I tapped into a network of people, which you've heard, you know, your network is your net worth. I don't want to just throw that out as a cliche. It truly is a big deal. When I moved out of my city and I literally changed, you know, the average of the people I was talking to daily, my lifestyle started to change. And that's just reality. And do you feel like that moment was based on the person that you met, which is your fiance, or was it more internal, like self-motivation because you saw what the average of your influence, your circle of people? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think for me personally, I've always known at a very young age that I wanted to be like a successful guy. Um, and in my eyes, you got to understand where I come from. Six figures a year was like that, that, that kind of platform or that, that goal that I set before myself. Because again, if you were six, you know, made six figures a year from where I'm from, you were considered financially successful. So I think very early on, I mean, even I can remember being 10, 12 years old and I always wanted to make like a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I don't think most 10, 12 year olds are kind of thinking that way. I always kind of knew that. Um, and I think it's because my beginnings were so humble and I kind of saw my parents, you know, always waiting for the first of the month and just seeing that process and how tight things were, right? How tough it was at the last week of the month. I just always knew I, I want to be able to go and I have to worry about those problems, right? For my future family. And so, and then, you know, kind of taking that and then, you know, meeting my, you know, my future wife, if you will, uh, I think it kind of kickstarted me in action, right? And, and then with the realization that I'm not getting any younger, I think, you know, that kind of got me moving the ball down the mountain. And then, yes, things started to kind of line up, if you will. And then the very first business relationship that I created um, by a guy named, I'll throw it out, you know, Luke Kessler was one, is, is like a brother to me now. I met him four years ago. He actually was the CEO of one of the very first white label firms who came in and white labeled Social Revelation. And that relationship just took off. I mean, and, and this kid, um, you know, he just had, he had a very different kind of upbringing than I did. So at 28 years old, um, he was actually a couple years younger than me, but the knowledge that he possessed just from doing personal development and having that mentorship and that guidance from entrepreneurial people in his life, all the way, probably from youth up, um, he was just able to kind of just speak life into me, you know, when it comes to business. And so we've become naturally good friends. We own a couple of businesses together. Now our wives, um, we were at each other's weddings and his wife and my wife are like best friends. So it's a really, really good thing. And that's great to hear because it's all about like connections and relationships and really it's like fine. And you seek them out. It's not like you're waiting for something to happen. Right. And there is a big misconception out there because 
it sounds like every entrepreneur, and I love hearing your story, Ryan, it's all about like you taking action. You actually did something to pursue your dream or try to network with people that are in alignment with your goals and aspirations, right? So yeah. you seek them out versus waiting for things to happen. I love that. For sure. I think that's, that's, that's huge for you to definitely take action always. And then um, another thing, you, you mentioned your parents were educators, right? So did you have siblings as well? Or were, were you the only son? And did you have like the upbringing of someone that actually had to work throughout you know, school? Or did they kind of provide you all the necessities uh, while growing up? Yeah, for sure. So to answer your first question, I'm I'm the middle of of three boys. So there was three boys. Um, older brother, three years different, uh, three years older than me, and then my younger brother is actually eight years younger than me. So they waited a little bit before we were out off in college, and then decided to. Uh, my younger brother was actually supposed to be a be a girl, but we're lucky that obviously we got we got Matt. But uh, that's what they were trying for. We always make fun of him about that. But um, you know, again, my parents, man. Uh, was was a great example of, of what it takes to be sacrificial parents. Um, you know, they basically took care of everything. My dad had always told me as long as I was involved in, 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 in playing in sports, right, I was putting my time and energy into positive outlets. He would take care of everything. And so um, I, I was fortunate enough to be one of those kids that didn't have to have a job or anything through high school and honestly through college as long as I was playing. And they made a lot of sacrifices. Um, you know, I won't go too deep into it, but my point is, is they would, they would definitely experience a lack of so that we could have. Um, and I remember growing up and I mean, they would give us and make sure that we had, you know, and kind of just never went without, if you will. Um, but now that I'm, you know, 30 years old in hindsight having conversations, it was, I could kind of see what they, what all they had to to go and do and sacrifice to make that happen. So I'm very appreciative. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's just, it's gave me a lot of perspective. It uh, definitely set an example for me as a future father. And so I had a very good upbringing. That's amazing. And I, I love the fact that you're actually reflecting now, right. On what is going on in your life, right. I'm a little bit older than you. So I have a son. And uh, for me, that's life, right. It's all about like being present, really enjoying the lifestyle that you're kind of building as an entrepreneur. And I, I love how you actually see what your sacrifices your parents made and the upbringing, as much as you want it better, there's reasons why parents do what they do, right? To really jade you, to understand. And hopefully you take that and I always absorb and try to like reflect as much as possible with every person that's elderly, more senior, more experienced, someone that can bring me some great insights eh, in life and living. No, so for sure. I'm always trying to grasp someone that has a 30 year old son or daughter, right? So they've lived life. What do they look forward to now, right? When they're 60 or 70 or whatever, right? Yeah. So it, it's amazing to hear that you're like at that stage already at 30. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, I just, I try to see people through the lens of everyone's an expert in their own field, you know, regardless of whether they have all the publicity or the hype. The reality is everyone we meet, every hand we shake can teach us something, right? Where I, again, where you're extremely powerful and knowledgeable in the SEO space, social media is my space, but I absolutely don't know anything about SEO. So I'm sure we could have a conversation and you would be, an, being an expert in that field would be able to give me valuable insight and, and I would learn, right? And so I try to take that that lens right that paradigm into every relationship and every person i meet 
No, that's amazing. So over the last couple of years, and as you've been a business owner now, um, can you maybe share with the audience members some of the challenges or mistakes that you've made um, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, for sure. I think in the very, very beginning, um, you know, when you're cultivating, you know, your first business and you might can relate with this, it's, it kind of becomes your first child. Right. And so a lot of times, especially someone like me in school and very competitive, very A-list person or A-type personality. Right. Um, you tend to have the business like this. Right. And so in the beginning, you have to learn, though, to you can't ha- be in full control over everything if you really want it to scale. And so I think in the beginning, in those in those beginning years is just learning to get out of your own way, because a lot of times we, we feel like we want to have our hand in, in all these different areas. And we have to understand it's like I don't need to be the guy doing the SEO for social revelation, although I think in my brain I might can do it better than someone else. The reality is, no, let's go talk to John and bring John in as the SEO guy to take care of it. And I think if you have that mindset and it's about getting the right people on the bus, right, on the, as the vehicle, right, and then putting those right individuals in the right seats so that everyone can do their job. And so that was a learning process process that didn't come easy for me um you know because again i was the guy in school who you know if we had a project i was like hey listen if there's five of us you know i graduated with you know 4-0 and in, in, in college high school salutatorian so i just did well in school and so i was like hey listen guys I, i'll take care of it and i i think kind of you know when i needed to put my team on my back in athletics and carry the workload i felt like i was the guy that would kind of always rise to the top and so in business you know again it's, it's almost the opposite it's almost like understanding your specialty, where your strength is, and playing that part, and being able to open your hand and understand that other people are special are specialists in their own area, and let them do their job, and everything else will soar from there. That's amazing to hear. And you know, I, I forgot to mention, I also studied finance, accounting, so we get awesome. along. <laughs> awesome. Although I, I hated the co-op placements, like yourself doing reconciliations, looking at financial statements all day long. It just drove me nuts. So I actually pursued a a different career path. I I did sales for 10 years and that's how I got into SEO. But that's That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, But for me, for me, it sounds like you're, you're so engaged with your business and you're aware of where your strengths are. And it's, it's hard to realize, but at the beginning, you're just spending so much time in the business, right? And you feel like you're you're dabbling and you're trying to figure things out and you don't know where you should emphasize all your efforts, right? Sales, marketing, operations, HR, hiring, training, service, ads, whatever it is, content, creative. There's so many things. So when did it come to a point where then you had to hire and then maybe you made some mistakes on hiring as well. And then also like delegating and then become more of a leader and focus on systems and processes, I'm sure, now that you're scaling? I think for me, you know, I can be a little bit stubborn at times. So I kind of was forced to change. Uh, The business got to a point to where it was just, you know, we scaled to 600 clients and 12 white label firms. And literally I did that with two full-time employees and myself. So, you know, when you start to think about, you know, all the time and energy that, that I'm putting in trying to manage 600 clients. It was like, this business is, is outgrowing me. I don't have a choice at this point, but to make a change. And they say, you know, that basically when, when the pain of remaining the same, you know, is greater than obviously the pain of actually making the change, you'll make the change. And that was kind of where I was at. I was like, I was in my day to day, like just the stress and workload 
time hours that I was putting in every single day. It was just too much. And uh, I was looking at that point. I'm like, I got to get this off of me. I got to free myself up so I don't go insane. Right. So I don't lose my sanity. Burnout, yeah. And so, yeah, burnout's the real thing. I've, I've been there. And so I think at that moment when you, when, when kind of the, the rubber meets the road, you understand that things have to change. And through mentorship, people are like, Hey man, listen, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. You're learning this very early. Most people don't learn this as early as you're learning it. And, uh, and so then I brought on, you know, an assistant who was able to basically just delegate so much. Um, and, and, and she was very, very good at, you know, handling customer support, taking care of onboarding because, you know, it's just learning things like the CEO of the company, the founder of the company doesn't need to be sending customer support emails, you know, but I was the, you know, I was the customer support. I was the website designer, you know, I was the marketer. I was doing the social media. I did everything. And uh, it's just really having that awareness and understanding that if you build it foundationally right the first time, your journey can be so much easier. And so, you know, the next, you know, two other companies I've kind of gotten involved with that I brought in business owners. So it was like co-founders instead of just me, we've been able to kind of lay the infrastructure because you learn so much from your first business. Oh, that's amazing to hear. And it sounds like you're enjoying the process and journey, right? It's not like it's challenging you at a point where you're giving up. So what, because as you know, entrepreneurs, it's not for everyone, right? And you were a coach for baseball um, and maybe that was your only full time after school, but why, why haven't you given up? I think for me um, it's not really, you know, personal development, number one. Um, But I think I have a deep desire to just always be the best version of myself. You know, I'm a big faith-based guy and obviously God put me here for a reason. And I think he instilled in me this, this, this drive to be able to want to create success, want to lead, want to effectively communicate, you know, certain things, right. To be able to lead by example and be the change that I want to see in the world as, as Gandhi said. Right. And so it's just, I don't know, I guess waking up every day, I have this, this goal of being 1% better. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, you read the book, the compound effect. And if you can be 1% better over time, you look up in four years and you're like, wow, my life has completely changed. You know, I don't almost don't even recognize this person in the mirror, but it's a good, good, good thing. Right. And so I think for me, it's just always wanting to be that best version, always wanting to level up. And I think, you know, again, I think complacency is, is, is the beginning of things starting to decay. And so I've just always tried to never be complacent and focus not on necessarily the end goal, but who I'm becoming as a person in order to reach that goal. Because I think that's the most important thing is who we become, right? We must become a certain person before we can, you know, or we have the ability to receive say a million dollars a year or become a billionaire, right? And I think what's most important is who we are becoming on that journey than the end goal itself. Oh, it's amazing. I, I love the fact that you're, you know, understanding your role and your journey, right? And where you're at in certain aspects of life, right? People sure. forget that because they're always chasing. They don't even know what they're chasing, right? right. Let alone they're, they're trying to reach something that they feel is the ultimate, you know, goal, right? Yeah. But they yeah. don't really map it out. They don't really have a, a structure in place. They don't you know what I mean? So for me, yeah. it's it's great to hear someone like yourself, entrepreneur, 30s, 30, and <laughs> you're already way ahead of a lot of other entrepreneurs, right? Um, in terms of mindset. And that's the most important thing because you have control of it. And a lot of people don't, and they're still trying to figure it out. 
Yeah. And I think just personal development is, is a huge thing. So, you know, I think having a, a morning routine and crafting personal development into that routine is, is, is important. Again, my life changed when I started to implement a morning routine and, you know, crafting that and perfecting that to fit your lifestyle is is completely 100% up to you. But I think it's important to add elements of positivity. I call it a positivity flow into your life, whether it's listening to 15 minutes of an of an of a podcast, right? Just like this. Whether it's 15 minutes of you listening to, you know, an audio book or whether it's just listening to some good old worship music. I think it's that that positivity flow daily into your life in the morning that sets you up for success throughout your day. And I can just tell you when I started listening to audiobooks like when I work out, I don't listen to music. I heard a guy um you know, a billionaire once said that if you're not making at least seven figures a year, you should not be listening to music, period. You should not be listening to music. And I can kind of resonate with that because I just understand how my life went from six figures to seven figures a year, really, when I started like implementing the the listening of audiobooks during my hour workout. Because think about it, you know, I love audiobooks. I'm huge on that. So instead of listening to music, I've kind of it was tough for me in the beginning. So a lot of people's like, man, there's no way I can run and I'm struggling on mile two, right? And I'm listening to an audiobook and I'm supposed to retain information. But for me, I kind of trained myself to do that. And I was just, I was loving, falling in love with the information and the knowledge that I was getting and then being able to tactically apply that into my life that I just started to see exponential growth happening to where at this point, you know, an average audiobook is somewhere between three to six hours of a listen. So if you're working out, you know, say 60 minutes a day in the morning, I'm knocking out a book every three to six days. So for me personally, I can knock out an audio book or, or an entrepreneurial or personal development book once a week. So that's four books a month. I mean, we're talking just shy of 50 books a year. The average millionaire, I believe, last time I you know, did the research, reads around 12, 12 books a year, the average millionaire. And so if I'm reading, you know, four of these things a month, I'm way ahead of the curve. And I think that's why sitting here at 30 years old, I have a little bit more or a little different perspective than maybe the 30 year old who's not doing the personal development work. So this is great. I love that because I'm a big avid reader, um, not audio. So I I used to do audio while going to the gym. Now I I do the 5 a.m. club, Ziva meditation, gratitude, all that stuff. Um, But I read. And for me, I can knock off two, three books a week, right? Um, just doing That's an awesome. hour, you know, just That's enjoying awesome. that process. Right. Um, but for me, I would love to hear what's your daily routine like, and yeah. when did you start doing this? So I, I started it, you know, again, about the time that I got into entrepreneurship back in 2017. So I'm about three years into this now. Um, and again, as you start to seek out mentor- mentorship and you change those around you, that's why it's so important and, and why people say your lifestyle will change because it's through osmosis that that happens. You know, if I'm hanging around John and I see John reading, eventually that might trickle into my life. I'm going to listen to the things John's saying, where he's spending his money. And through osmosis, naturally, my, my life will start to get in alignment with yours, right, through that osmosis process. And so as I got into entrepreneurship, as I started seeking out mentorship, as I started changing my circle of other entrepreneurs, seeing what they're doing and understanding that success leaves clues. And just basically, if I do what they do, I can get what they got. I then start implementing those things because you mentioned it here. You're a very successful entrepreneur. You've already mentioned again that you're an avid reader. You have a morning routine, you know, and so it's just it's an it's another testament to this stuff works. And so, you know, a little bit about my routine, though, to answer your question, you know, when I get up, I always start with it with a cup of coffee, a cup of coffee, and I read scripture. 
you know, um, and a lot of times my wife will come down, she'll have coffee and we'll read scripture together. So I always do that. I have to let the pups out. So, and then I feed them, but after I kind of have coffee, read scripture, then I train, I actually, yes, I do drink coffee before I go work out. I know that's crazy, but, um, I literally then go into the gym and I do an hour workout, you know, so, you know, I'm on the treadmill. I usually run mile or two and then I'll lift whatever body part it is. And then when I get done with that, I try to implement 15 minutes of meditation Right. And then I try to do 10 minutes of stretching as well right after that. So meditation and then stretching is key because as you get older and especially if you're running a lot, your muscles can kind of, you know, stiffen up and you just don't feel as good. Um, And then as I get done with that, you know, then obviously I translate and I shower up, have a quick breakfast and then I get ready to kind of start my day. Um, And then I started mixing in chiropractic care. I met a buddy of mine who uh, is in one of my men's group that I lead here in Atlanta. He's a chiropractor, so he's all about, you know, you got modern medicine and you got chiropractic care. And I can just tell you, um, when I was having kind of these stress headaches and I started getting adjusted, you know, once, twice a month, it was a game changer for me as well. So I think getting your body in alignment and doing the morning routine and being consistent with that, you'll start to see some crazy progress in your life. Yeah, I'm all about health all of a sudden. Uh, Last year, actually, I started reading probably like 50 plus books on everything different diets, intermittent fasting, biohacking, um, everything, everything imaginable to figure out the root of inflammation and to reduce the telomeres, right? Which is a longevity. Um, so it's just anything can be absorbed. I have no health background, science background, but I'm an SEO, right? Actually, I didn't even know SEO when I started. I was a sales guy, right? So anything can be taught if you actually want to learn it, right? Sure. Um, so for me, it's like, it's great to hear that chiropractic and going to the gym. It's great, right? But diet is probably the most important thing. So if you have one thing that you really want to take care of, I would say, look at the, the food you're consuming. Go after grass-fed meats, if you haven't already. Wild plants, very bright, high in nutrient-dense food. Um, it gives you way more clarity. And I don't know if you read... Dave Asprey, anything. He's a uh, great guy. Um, so anything, if you're into nutrition, right? But yeah. for me, I, I kind of pivoted because I've been burning out, like working a lot, going to the gym, playing sports, but I didn't really take care of my food, diet, nutrition, right? So the last couple of years, I've really taken care of it. I lost 40 pounds. I reduced a lot of inflammation. Um, you know, just everything seems to be working well, smoothly, right? That's so awesome. it really helps if you understand this and i would say i'll send you some emails on like you know what to read who to read follow and stuff but yeah that's of interest most definitely yeah i I definitely believe the saying you know we are what we eat literally um you know if you put crap in in the machine the machine doesn't work as well right and so no my, my wife she's she's big into fitness um and so she's she's got a pretty powerful testimony in the fitness space as well. And so she's really big on keeping me in check, you know, when it comes to clean eating. So it's definitely a huge part for sure. I, I know people that um, that even do fast, they implement fasting, you know, into into their schedule. And um, apparently, you know, once you get past kind of that two or three day, you know, mark on a water fast, apparently, you know, your your energy levels will just skyrocket. Um, so I don't know if you've had any experience with with fasting or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason Fung, uh, he's actually in Toronto as well. So read a couple of his books, wow. uh, followed him for a bit. And, you know, you try everything. So I've done 16 hour, 24, 48 to see. And you got to test your body and see if that 
fits your lifestyle, right? right? Because everything you consume, you can try out and test, but you want to see if it fits, if it's going to be a good routine for yourself, right? Most definitely. It might not be for you and that's okay, right? Right. Um, so you just got to figure out if you're a parent or if you're single and if you travel a lot, like how are you going to fit it in your routine? For to sure. make it a habit, right? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, so in, in terms of advice, because now that you've been doing, you know, being an entrepreneur for a couple of years, for all those ones that are kind of thinking or, you know, contemplating or maybe early stages of their journey, what kind of advice can you share with them or um, give them from some of the experience that you've had so far? Yeah, I would say, you know, if you're thinking about jumping in entrepreneurship, um, you know, the, the key that you can, the, the key to success, in my opinion, is to find someone who has what you want, who's doing what you aspire to do, and try to seek out those relationships. I think that's a very quick way to catapult yourself to the top, um, you know, and, and you don't have to get crazy with this. You know, if it's not someone that you can actually go and sit and have a coffee with, you know, and maybe pay for their their brunch or their coffee and, and get 30 minutes of their time. We got to understand that we live in 2020, right? Going into 2021, an information age. You know, you can have a mentor, right? Like the Grant Cardones of the world, right? The Tony Robbins of the world, right? The Gary V's of the world, just by consuming their content because they're putting so much out there. So whether it's their YouTube channel, following their social media accounts, you know, listening to their books, reading their books, whatever it may be, we can have a mentor almost in every area of our life. Very similar to what you've stated. You've read so many different, you know, books in different areas and follow different people who are experts in that field. And now you're a walking encyclopedia almost is how I see you. And I think that's important to really go and do. So number one, the biggest advice is find someone who has what you want, Seek out those relationships. Success leaves clues. Study, right? Don't be scared to get in and do the research, right? If you analyze, you know, three or five of the top people absolutely crushing it in your industry, what does their morning routine look like? Where are they investing their money? What are the things they're talking about, right? And as you start to, to align your life with the way that these people are obviously living and, and, and carrying out their life, naturally you're going to start to see change. But I think it first starts with a, a an intentional phase of reflection. Cause like you said, people are just out here with bows and arrows and they're shooting at every target there is the shiny spoon syndrome. And I think it's important for you to stop and just write on paper, you know, money aside, don't worry about the money, but what do you truly what are you truly passionate about? What truly is going to make you happy? Like if you could write out your perfect life, what are you, how do you see yourself going throughout your day? What are the things you're doing? Who are the people you're interacting with? What lives are you changing? What does that picture look like for you? And when you get a clear representation of that picture and you actually put it on paper, because that's key, writing it down. I can sit here all day and I can think about these things, but if I don't write it down on paper, it's just fantasy, right? It can never come to fruition. So I think it's extremely important to get clear, write it down, seek out relationships. And I think if you start there and just start taking those small steps forward with action, right? Like I said, I have a seven figure agency now and I never sat down and had the intention of creating a huge social media marketing company, but I understood and kind of mapped out the vision of what I wanted my lifestyle to look like. And magically my lifestyle looks exactly like that. Just, I didn't know the vehicle yet. But the vehicle will present itself once you kind of lay out the blueprint. I love that. It sounds like self-realization is so hard for a lot of younger people because they're always chasing, right? They're always going after certain things. And maybe it's 
the the social surrounding, like whoever they hang out with, right? It's hard to get out of their comfort zone because a lot of people don't know any different. They're spending and consuming so much time with their peers, their social circle. And it sounded like you had a really good upbringing. Your parents actually pushed you to want to try. And they there was no boundaries, right? Because the upbringing is a big thing for a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Because if, if you are constrained and you you don't have the ability to think outside the box like and you're not curious, it's going to be very difficult for you to actually try to pursue something that you don't even know exists. A hundred percent. No, that, that, that's, that's key. And I think it's important to understand as a young person, right, listening to this, it's okay like if you don't know your purpose yet. And I think a lot of times people feel like they have to know their purpose before they can ever take the first step, before they can ever move. And I think that's, that's I don't I don't agree with that. I don't think that's that's fair or, or the correct way to go about life because I think it's, you know, like say you have a job opportunity, but you don't want to take it because you don't know if that's your purpose in life. I, no, I think it's important that you take the job opportunity because what I learned, you know, at least in my life and through experience is that, you know, you are equipping yourself by taking that job skill sets. You're learning experiences and taking things that when your purpose finally shows up on your doorstep, now that's where preparation meets opportunity. So don't take for granted, right? Or ever feel like you can't move forward until you have like your purpose, you know, like your dream job or whatever it may be, because as you step into these odds and ends that may not necessarily be, you got to understand that the people you meet there, right? The relationships you form, the habits you create, the skills that you learn, the lessons that you learn, you're going to take all of that and you're going to bring it into your purpose. And that's what's going to actually catapult it. It's like I start to look at, you know, the, the when I stepped into baseball instruction, it's like, why didn't I just go straight into entrepreneurship? Obviously, it worked out well for me. Why didn't I do it four years sooner? But the reality is, is when I was building, I started to look back and reflect. It was actually in those early stages of baseball lessons as an instructor where I was learning to sell myself, right, to parents, be, learning the skill set of networking and going and building out clientele when I stepped onto a job when nobody knew my name and I had zero clients. So learning sales, learning how to sell myself, learning how to effectively communicate as an instructor, getting knowledge from here into another individual that they can carry it out. All of those things translated. And I got to see the business model of how the actual travel company went and scaled into 16 states. I got to see that model take place. And guess what? I used that exact model when I created my white label agency and scaled to 12. You see what I'm saying? So it was like, if I didn't have that period of time, there's so much I would have missed out on. And I don't think that I would have gotten the results that I did as fast as I did had I not had those experiences to draw from, if that makes sense. Totally. I, and I, I really believe like people just need to go out there and figure it out, go out there and do something right. Because don't be timid. Don't, don't be scared of not being sure if it's the right choice or not. Right. And that's where a lot of people are like hesitant on even starting a company and it's okay. You might not be successful on your first one and it's okay. Like move on and timing might be wrong. The, the, the product or service might not be a good fit for that time, for that marketplace. You just have to adapt and change. There's so many other components. And it's, it's great to hear that you actually lived and worked at a, a company that you absorbed a lot of insight, right? Like to understand their process, their systems, how they 
grew their, you know, network, right? And sure. scaled, right? So you mimic them. And that's one component. And I love the fact that you're mimicking a lot of good habits from people that you admire, right? And consuming in content from. And you're mimicking old colleagues or old systems from previous employers, right? Like you're always learning and you don't actually say it, but you're, it's in here. And that's what I actually did when I started my company, not knowing anything about SEO. It was more about like my past experience and how I liked it and why I didn't like in the company and just did things differently the way right. I wanted to. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think that's key, man, is just understanding, you know, there's no, there's really, there really is no such thing as failure because failure inevitably leads you to the success. Without the failure, you can't have the success. Right. And so there's no such thing as failure if you learn the lesson that needs to be learned in the moment. And I think that's key. That's what I try to do. You know, if, if I was to start a company and it would fail, I would go, okay, number one, what were the positives? What did I learn from this situation? Right. And if I can do that, if I can walk away and, and be able to tangibly say these are the things and the lessons I learned to take to my next venture, was it ever truly a failure? And I think the answer to that is no. And so, you know, but you can't ever get to that moment, right? We can never get to the light bulb if we didn't fail a thousand times. It's that whole idea. But people get so caught up on the, I do it one time and it fails. And they're like, oh, this isn't for me. And you have to tap out of that. You have to change your lens and the paradigm and see it a totally different way. It's, just, di- it, it's different because we're entrepreneurs, right? A lot of people <laughs> are um, working for someone, right? And right. for them, that mind shift from that steady pay, that consistent, I tap in, I tap out, all I have to do is this tax, right? For sure. To then, you have huge amounts of responsibility. You have so many other tasks. And it's okay that it might not be for everyone. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. If you're happy with where you're at, and you're okay with that steady pay and that salary, and maybe you you make it to become an expert and make six figures. That's okay. It's your passion, your dream. And you might try entrepreneurship on the side or you, you give it a shot. It's not for everyone. And that's okay too, right? Like don't kill yourself over it. Like burnout is real. If it's not for you, move to something that makes you happier. A hundred percent. I definitely think that different per- personalities catered to the employee mindset, different personalities catered to entrepreneurship. Very simple. I would say read Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant and you, you can get some perspective and then you get to choose. And I would actually say that most entrepreneurs even start, you know, in the in the employee category and then they kind of end up moving into entrepreneurship as they kind of like, kind of like I did, you know, I went and worked for a company and most people in there as they're growing up, right. And they're still under their parents' roof, you know, you work for someone else and that's okay. And you learn a lot of things and skill sets, but just understand there's nothing wrong with being an employee. If you like the structure, a lot of people, you know, prime example, I have family members that, you know, they're not, I would say that Personality-wise, entrepreneurship may not be the best fit for them because they just love structure. They love the idea of getting paid at a certain time, and then they clock out on Friday, and they don't have to think about work again until Monday morning. If that's you, that's okay. As long as you're happy, what else really matters? Exactly. I have a lot of family members that are engineers, right? Professional doctors and specialists, and it's okay. They love what they do, and that's what makes them happy, and that's okay, right? Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, so I know we're running short on time, but what drives you today? 
Like, what is your motivation to continue doing what you do? And where do you want to go with your future? That's awesome. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, number one, I think because we are getting to the point of, you know, within the next six months, my wife and I were kind of on that on the kids, right? Start trying for kids. So number one, that's very easy. Um, and obviously, I want to build and see as much of the world as possible for kids come. Also understanding that, you know, I truly believe kids are one of the greatest blessings on planet Earth, right? And so I don't want to delay that and be 50 when I start to try to have kids. So um, I think there's a sense of urgency there knowing that it's coming. But on the, at the same time, I think now that I've kind of built the platform and I do mentorship a lot of people, um, I think I have a, I, I want to say I put a little pressure on myself, if you will, to perform, to always be evolving, to always elevate so that I can then in turn give back. Um, and so for me, you know, it, I have to continue to wake up and be consistent because there are a lot of people now who depend on me. You know, you look at the social media and the following and stuff. I feel like I always have a need in a hurting world, especially in 2020 COVID, right, to be giving value into the marketplace, to be helping people. And, you know, again, it's just the whole mindset of giving back as I'm reading books and I'm basically taking that information and using it to create life change for me. Why would I not want to obviously take that and translate it into other people and do the same for them? And so, you know, I think it's just attaching myself to something bigger than myself. And I love that. And until you're a parent, you don't really realize what the sacrifices parents make from sleep to business to life. You do anything for your kid. So it is the best blessing in the world. And I'm so grateful that you're on the show. I really want to thank you, Ryan. So how do people uh, get a hold of you, reach out to you if they want, or check you out? Yeah, for sure. So most of uh, my major, the major social media channels is like Instagram, Facebook. You can find me at CEO Ryan White is my handle. Um, feel free to shoot me an email as well, staff at officialryanwhite.com. And then, of course, you can always check out my personal website, which is officialryanwhite.com. It's been my pleasure. It's been great chatting with you, Ryan. Um, got to know you got to know your journey and we'll definitely be in touch because I love your story. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Awesome. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.